Hi, you're listening to Humanities Human, a podcast where I talk about whatever I want. And today that means study skills. Please don't stop listening, I promise it'll be interesting. So, basically, exams are around the corner and everyone is terrified. That's why I'm joined by straight A students Jovita and Sachin to discuss how to survive the exam period. Hi. Fantastic. Let's start into the questions. Okay, so this academic year has definitely brought some unexpected challenges. What have you guys learned? Probably I'd say having more things to define you than school. Often it becomes quite a challenge to separate yourself from friends. But if you have other hobbies going on, things like music, things like sport, those things often keep you in good stead when everything else in life might seem a bit off. So I think it's important to have hobbies aside from school. Yeah, I think that's completely true. Also with working at home, like um, even if you have more time, I feel like I get the same amount of work done because the work, I don't know, somehow expands to fill the time that I give to it, which is quite interesting because I always think about how next year, like how am I going to accommodate for six or five year 12 subjects instead of just one that I have now. And it just seems very, very daunting, but I think I'll be able to squeeze it in because I'll have less time for each. All right. How does being considered gifted at a young age affect someone's academic life later on? I think the issue of gifted is a bit... I mean, people may have different views on it. I think it's one thing to have perhaps a natural aptitude towards something, but something different to actually take an interest and to hone that skill so that's such that you make it better. I mean, there's a couple of people that are really good at maths, right? People haven't... Child prodigies. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, there's some real talent out there. But then talent doesn't necessarily mean not doing the work. So those people that choose perhaps to take it a bit easy in year 11, in year 12, they tend to get found out by the people who might not necessarily be as talented, but who are willing to put in more hours at home. Hmm. What do you think? Were either of you called gifted at a young age? Or do you think that your success comes from hard work? I mean, I personally think, I mean, the reason why I get good marks sometimes is because like I work hard for all the like all the marks that I get is from my hard work like I learn I don't do any tutoring outside of school or anything I just like learn everything the same time everyone else does it but I just do the work and then I do it again until I know and like I'm stubborn that way and do you put that same amount of work in even when you don't necessarily enjoy something I try to like I don't ever want to step into like a test without being prepared, if I care enough about it. <laughs> Have you ever gone into something unprepared? Um, last week, because I had a Chinese oral exam, so priorities. <laughs> but apart from that, not really. But I didn't do too badly. Okay. Were you called gifted? I feel like no. that's a very interesting label to give it a kid because very... it places so many expectations on them. It is, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that it's possible to call someone gifted, especially at that young an age, because even if you look at someone that's got an insane amount of talent in, say, playing a musical instrument, it's very, at that young age, you haven't seen what they'll grow into. So I probably wouldn't assign the label gifted to anyone. Some people have more ease in doing things. Mm -hmm. Someone might not have to, if you're really good at English, you probably don't have to write a single practice essay every year and you'll still get a higher mark than probably someone else would who's writing 10 because I think it's one of those subjects where after year 10 you really can't change much. 
Uh, I think that's one of the attraction, uh, at least one of the attractions for me about maths and sciences is that it's sort of a level playing field. The amount that you put in sort of mm. turns into the amount that you get out. It's yeah, a very definitely. objective layout. And the kind of irony when you're gifted at something is that you need to, well, you know, quote unquote gifted, is that you don't have to work as hard at it. It's interesting how the things that we enjoy are the things that we need to spend the least time on. So what, I mean, I think we've all noticed that some people who were extremely talented at a specific subject in earlier years during school have now realised that they're not equipped with the basic study skills. What advice would you have for someone like that who has never had to study before? I'd say it's probably something which is more individually based. I don't think you are gifted. You get consistently get high scores and then immediately out of nowhere you sort of fall off the edge. I think you'll know that there's a point yeah. where what I'm doing is not enough. Everyone else is picking up their game and mm. moving forward. It's up to you at that point whether you improve your own skills or whether you remain in that sort of, I guess, self-validation that oh, all my past has been really good, so therefore my future is going to be the same. Mm. Uh, I think it's more just a case of someone who's willing to adapt, willing to change. And as I said, I think it comes back to the point Jovita made earlier about hard work often being more important than natural talent itself. Mm. Yeah, the nat if the natural talent is there, it's a good start, it's a great advantage, but you've got to keep up um, the hard work and the effort. Like that's still got to, you've still got to ma maintain that throughout, otherwise it's really easy to burn out. And also like just being interested in a subject is better study than often working hard. Because honestly, when I'm, like because I'm interested in English and history, Doing the work doesn't like doesn't feel like work. It just feels like, you know, putting in to be better at something that I already enjoy. Whereas when I'm doing maths, I'm just sitting there like, when is it over? And I've got my timer. I'm looking at it going down, and I'm like, oh well, we've half an hour's up. That's it. No more maths. And that's why I'm bad at it. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's why I'm really happy that I'm pretty much only taking maths and science this year. I was really looking forward to that because I mean, last year I still had to take history and. You were good at it. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, like as in the input versus the output. I had put in so much more effort into history, but the way I learned it was like, I didn't learn it the way you would learn it. I mm. learned it the way I've learned in maths or, or science. I just have to memorize all the information. So that didn't necessarily work as effectively, but I mean. Mm. Also, I apologize for all the monkey noises in the background where in the middle of lunch and there's people doing that. Anyway, do you think maths or math science subjects or humanities are harder to excel in? Or what do you think the difference in application is for those subjects? I mean, I'm personally biased because I've always liked STEM subjects. I've always liked maths and science more. So for me, I mean, it's always been easier for me to work with maths and science. I like numbers, I like learning facts, and I like something that's very clear, you know, black or white. Um, Javita is a woman in STEM, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess that's the main difference with maths and science. When you get a question wrong, you know it's wrong. Like, there's no other alternative to it. That's true. Much. It's so much easier to get 100% in maths and science because you can never add more. Whereas in English, the amount of, like, 19s out of 20s that teachers cannot explain away, they just go, oh... 
you could have just added a bit more. You could have just, you know, put another quote in. Maths and science, you can say, look here, this is what I wrote. And the teacher will be like, yeah, fair enough. And they'll give you another mark. I find with humanities that the difference and what I enjoy more about it is that you need to come up with something new every single time you answer the question. Like, because there is an endless amount of English essay questions they can give you. And so when you get to it, uh, you can say literally whatever you want. In my essay uh, this year, I'm going to argue that Iago is gay and in love with Othello. And I can back it up with evidence and I'm going to get marks. Whereas in maths, you can't just decide that the the, the tangent isn't the... I don't you, know. You maths. either know how to work it out or you don't. But one of like, the advantages I'd say of being a maths oriented student is if you do choose your four or five math subjects and you do the one English, you can just copy whatever your English teacher is saying, regurgitate it on the exam, and you'll be sure to get more marks than if you were to reverse the roles, take someone who was good at a humanities, struggles with maths. There comes a point where your teacher can no longer help you in maths. A lot of it you have to know on your own. In English, you don't actually have to learn stuff. You can just reproduce it on exams and to be honest adapt to to the question exactly yeah that's kind of interesting speaking of maths because i'm clearly outnumbered here what are your best tips for studying for maths i'd say try to develop an interest in it uh it's very similar that's a bit hard if you ask me it's something where you can never get better at something unless you find meaning in it meaning is the most important thing or purpose if if you're like me i don't like english i see no point in the english that school teaches in the english that we use outside what i do find meaning in however is the ability to use language in a constructive way that can affect how people feel that's not necessarily what the curriculum uses but i try to orient my english study in that way similarly if you're struggling to find meaning in maths, perhaps see how various problems may fit into daily life, or even if it's not the problem itself, that manner of thinking of black and white, of reasoning, it's something to just get you by. It's not going to necessarily increase your marks dramatically, but it'll definitely make the study a bit more enjoyable. I disagree. I think you could definitely increase your marks by being interested. Just the interest is half that effort, because then you stop like putting it off. You think, yay, maths, instead of, oh, maths. But also just thinking of the subject as a vehicle to where you want to be. Like, I am taking the absolute lowest level of maths this year and I'm copying out in year 12. I'm not doing that at all. But the I'm still like doing it this year to the moderate of my ability <laughs> because it's um, a required subject in one of the uni courses I want to do. So just when I think of maths, I don't think of the maths. I think of the uni course that I want to do. And that's really what gets me to do any work at all. Thinking of it as a means to an end instead of an end in itself. And that's it, isn't it? Isn't it about what, where you see yourself in the future mm. as opposed to what you want to do right now? Um, as long as you have some sort of drive or ambition as to like why you're doing the subject. But like, yeah, you, you're, you're going to be interested in something to but, want to do well as well. But then at the same time, your end goal is probably going to be related to the subjects that you're doing. So you should find both the end goal appealing and the vehicle to get there interesting if it's what you really want to do. I think that's true. Yeah. So, 
Our study tip for staying on top of maths is to be interested in it. Anything else? Probably just do the homework. Just do all the questions. Like, that's the only way. I don't know. For me, I just do them and then I do them again. And then I do them again. Mm. Or just find other questions to do. Just don't, don't, don't study for the wrong thing. And I think that's where the parallel <laughs> once again comes between people who are maths oriented and uh, humanities oriented. For someone who's humanities oriented, you know that by doing more practice problems, you are bound to get better. It just is a fact of input versus output. Mm. For those people who struggle to write after year 10, teachers are basically of no use because you, it's very hard to change four years of secondary school writing in two years. So in that sense, humanities students perhaps have an advantage in knowing that hard work will definitely pay off. Mm. Although actually, I think there's definitely a benefit in doing um, heaps and heaps of maths problems because there's an extreme likelihood that you'll come across one that is the exact same in the final exam. So on the subject of maths, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of pressure surrounding it because there is that ability to get 100%. That's, that's a genuine thing that can happen. So, and it happens a lot. So, and the fact, and because of that, um, maths, like the higher, well, I wouldn't say high, the more complex orders of maths, like methods and specialist maths, are definitely saturated with students who are expecting, who are there to get 100%. Does that make maths, like, you know, how does it make you feel? Challenged or nervous? I guess you guys are the students that get 100. I mean, there's always pressure. Because everyone does so well, but I guess that's that's good in a way because if everyone around you is doing so well, then it makes you want to do better as well on a competitive side. And but also, like, it's good, it's healthy. This might be a bit cynical, but also I think in humanities subjects, there's more of an emphasis on a well-rounded understanding of the subject mm. as opposed to say a particular mark. In maths, because everything is so reasoned and rational, often a mark tends to become the goal. While it's not completely holistic in a broader life sense, I think that's a good skill to have, being able to seek measurable goals as opposed to complete understandings, because often, not all the time, but often uh, it's sometimes much better to just pick something and do it, and do it right, as opposed to taking a holistic view about it. That's true. Like in English, when you write an essay, you can't come out of it and say, yeah, I got 19 out of 20 on that. Because the, like the way you feel about it doesn't go across to the marks. Whereas especially like I talked to Jovita after she does a test and she goes, yeah, I think I got blah, blah percent. <laughs> say that. Yeah. I only say, tell you if like, I definitely got this wrong. Like you definitely know when you definitely got something wrong. And it's yeah, like, that's if you know what ouch. you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, then everything feels fine until you get it back. Anyway, okay, so we've talked about maths with two people who love maths. How would you... I can just see the faces Wait, of do disappointment. You like, do you genuinely like maths? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Um, for me, yeah, I probably prefer sciences in terms of interest. Mm. Maths is more just a... I don't know, it's almost like having a problem and solving it. It's more... It it's literally more, I think that's actually much. what it is. It's not the maths itself. It's more just the It's not aspect. the content. It's yeah. just like, you have a whole bunch of numbers in front of you. Bam! You get an answer if you can think through it. It's very similar to solving you know, problems in any other situation. Only these people bam and get an answer. Us mortals don't do that. But, you know, let's humble you a little bit. How do you study for English? 
told of you to assume that I do. <laughs> Wait, do you actually not study for English? I do a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how he gets away with this. I mean, I try the way I do things is... Well, you guys I don't mean, do English though, you do the maths version of English, English language. English language. I guess English language, a part of it is... Mm, it's kind of like learning a science in a way as like learning the content I would learn that the way I would learn bio I just memorize a whole bunch of information make sure I know the content but that's like the basics of it you got to know how to apply you, you still gotta know how to write a good essay or those teal paragraphs and whatever that's the good stuff I love teal like you're not gonna get away with spitting out a whole bunch of memorized information on your essay if it's not relevant to the topic or relevant to the prompt like you gotta be able to use it and support it and support your contention and I think for those Inglang students out there, you'll definitely be able to look at a language analysis in English and just scoff at the ease <laughs> at which you can do it. Anyone who's done an analytical commentary in the English language will... I think ACs are actually easier I'm than the media I'm feeling threatened stuff. right now. I'll put it this way, you can, you can edit this out. But um, basically, in language analysis, you're looking at persuasive techniques. Like, how hard is it to find a rhetorical question? Actually, no, in, I've got in, to agree. In analytical commentaries, oh, right, right, if right, right. you label a preposition... I'm not sure how this works in your class. If we label a prepositional phrase as a verb phrase and explain its function, even if the function's right, we'll, get, mm. we'll lose the mark because we've incorrectly identified the syntactical structure. I understood all of those words also, separately. So, um, English language is a relatively new subject at our school, as in, like, um, being taught to the students. So I feel like the teachers and the students are both on a learning journey journey <laughs> together. Oh, that's so precious. And for regular English, I'd say, like Sachin said, you need to you need to really take a holistic approach there. Maybe maybe do some practice essays. Maybe listen to my podcast. You know, whatever you want to do. But um, yeah, in English, it doesn't. It's not so much knowing what the answer to the questions are it's knowing it's knowing with certainty that you can back it up it's knowing that you can say um the author like literally when you need to split up the chunks in a media text i don't know what i'm doing and i do not know how to do that but um i don't know i still you can still do well if you don't know the basics that sounds so bad that sounds really bad but like for math subjects you need to know like from year 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, oh, all of those right. come together to form like the final form of maths knowledge. Whereas in English, um, you don't need like those, you don't need the specific skills. You just need the like, common sense in order to pick up these like, you know, and also um, there's no correct answers in English. Like even if I don't know how to do the chunks in the text um, passage, whatever chunks I choose, as long as I back them up and I say, you know, and I identify whatever the argument I think is, um, and the teacher goes, yeah, all right, seems about right, then tick, 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 you get the marks. That's basically, you know, we've talked about math, we've talked about English, but I think the, the hardest part about studying is not studying. So how do you recognize that you are procrastinating and then what do you do to prevent it? Do you guys even procrastinate? I feel like I'm sitting with two androids. I feel like that's one of the better parts of this year. I think being at home, if you don't start something, you've got two hours more to do it. If you don't start it in two hours, you've got another two hours left to do it. Mm. And what the point you made earlier about work expanding to fill the time. Yeah, I think it's just important to go and get after things. Um, if something 
can be done now, do it now. If if you're feeling tired, then it's not a case of, you know, perhaps putting it off until later. Try and get through another half an hour. You know, I find that sometimes I procrastinate so hard, I end up doing like chores. I end up cleaning my room or like doing my desk, which if you were to look at my desk right now, it's clear that I haven't procrastinated in a while. But um, yeah, and I think that's because, not to get all hashtag deep, but procrastination is often you trying to avoid potential negative emotions. It's like, if I, it's especially if you're trying to take on a really challenging task, you think to yourself, well, if I start this, in your guys' case, maybe English essay right now, yes. um, I might do it badly. And you know, you, you want to avoid that negative emotion, so you just put it off and you don't do the essay because if you never do it, you'll never mess it up. But then obviously that comes with its own host of negative emotions, like feeling guilty for not studying. So yeah, has that ever happened to you? Feeling guilty for not studying. I meant procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, for me, if, I, if I'm doing something else, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll, do, I'll, I'll like, watch a bit of this. I started a new scene drama, it's really good. I watched like eight episodes instead of doing it like, <laughs> but you know what, it's fine. Um, and then halfway through I'd be like, oh, because I, I do a whole bunch of work and then I'd probably watch a bit. And then halfway through I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling bad. I need to do something like, so then mm. I stop. And then I start writing like, and then it feels great. So do you like reward yourself with TV or maybe, you know, push-ups and sit-ups? Um, sometimes I, sometimes I just, I don't know if I'm, in the mode and I need and I know I need to get something done I will do it Sachin do you ever find yourself procrastinating I do uh, it's probably one of the things that you mentioned earlier about perhaps trying to you know do errands around the house or anything that you enjoy things like you know playing a bit of guitar or something that enjoy push-ups and sit-ups <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's also important to have a greater goal in mind. Sometimes, you know, I think it's a bit of short-term satisfaction mm. being able to, you know, watch that show. It's so easy to access online, mm. but sometimes, and it doesn't take much. Sometimes you just have to put yourself maybe not in the next hour, not in the next day, but perhaps in the next week when your exam is and perhaps try to see that the benefit that you would get out of studying now is perhaps greater than the short-term satisfaction you would feel of mm. procrastinating. Also, I find that to really like get the work going, you need to plan like you need to plan out the three subjects that you're going to tackle that day because if I just leave the whole day free for maths, for example, um, it just it will not happen. I need to say to myself first I'm going to do maths, then I'm going to hit the graphics then I'm gonna do English and then I'm gonna write a history essay because I love history. Actually, I wanna say I love history essays, but I'm not doing very well in them at the moment. But you know, the, are you about to sneeze? No? No, I held it in. All right, <laughs> um, moving on. So yeah, if you put um, multiple subjects in a day, then you know you have to get through at least the first couple to get to the, the third or the fourth or whatever. And you might not end up finishing it all, but the idea that you have multiple things to do forces you to like at least finish something and there is nothing more satisfying than like completing your work. That's such a nerd thing to say. Make lists. 
they're great. Yes, crossing things it's off a to-do so list satisfying. is so good. Sometimes like I just write... put more stuff down. Yeah. But then also, I'd say if you're struggling to plan or you find yourself procrastinating while you're planning, don't bother. Just take action. Just do the first thing mm. that immediately comes to your mind. Because often when you start something, it leads to a chain and a flow of events. Sometimes then you need, then you know like what you have to do next. Correct. Yeah. And like how much is left. I actually saw um. Not to be that person, but I saw a TikTok that was talking about how the best way to be productive is if you just sit down and close your eyes and then, um, like, you don't do anything unless you genuinely want to do it. So, like, you might feel thirsty and then what you do is you go and get a drink and then you sit back down and you shut your eyes again until the next thing that you genuinely want to do comes into your mind. And um, if you do that, then whatever you end up doing is going to be something that you actually want to do and therefore something you will actually get done which I think is interesting. I've never tried it, but um, if I'm ever feeling very uninspired, I guess I will. I might fall asleep trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, at the risk of an anticlimax, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me on Instagram at christelle.com.au. Also, don't forget to leave this podcast a review because that really helps me out. Until next time, this has been Humanity's Human. And Sachin left, so thank you, Jovita, for coming on the show today. Thank you all. <laughs> all right, bye. Bye.